Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hello, crew, and welcome to episode 151 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, founder of Motivate Training and Management. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be focusing on developing your brand. So today's special guest is Rebecca Jane Singh. She's a graphic designer. She's based in the southwest of Sydney. And what her forte is, is sourcing unique products to make your brand, gifting and events memorable and surprising and delighting your customers slash sponsors. So throughout this episode, we're going to be talking about how to develop a brand, why you should develop a brand, uh, some gift ideas that are different from just general merchandise. Because remember team, sponsors can only wear so many t-shirts and hats. So what other kind of corporate gifts um, could you possibly give to not only your sponsors, but possibly even resell on your merchandise site to help fund your racing career? today's or over the next couple weeks the download is going to be 10 steps to building your brand so it's a free uh checklist it's available on the show notes so just race over to your preferred platform go to the show notes and access those 10 steps of building your brand team i do hope you are enjoying these shows um if so would really appreciate if you could please leave me a review um over on your preferred podcast platform uh, it helps with our ratings and it also helps obviously with the algorithm to get into more ears and of course if you do love the show would love it if you could pass it on to your racing family and friends if you feel they will get benefit hopefully you do <laughs> uh, and even if you're not i'd like to hear that as well all right here let's get started with today's episode hello rebecca and welcome to the Motorsport coaching podcast thank you for having me well, I recently connected with you through Instagram after you one of your other podcasts um, regarding branding. So I thought you'd be a fantastic expert to get onto the show and talk to us all about things that you love branding. Of course. And so how did you love start with branding? Well, actually, I first started out as a photographer, though, so when my daughter was a toddler. I've always been involved in graphic design and then I started out doing logos and things and then it sort of slowly morphed into making merch and doing more tangible branding rather than just digital branding from there. So I think yes. I've just always been creative in that way. That's right. You like the creative side. Fantastic. Um, so what did you love like about photography? What made you go from photography into it? I actually did photography in high school in my HSC and I really, really enjoyed it. And then I saved up, bought my first DSLR camera. And um, before I'd even started a business, I had a couple of people sending me messages. Just I was just posting just, you know, content photos I'd been taking, like nothing, nothing fancy. And then I had a few people um, send me a message and 
you know, ask me if they could pay me to take photos of them. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I could start a business. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm good at this. <laughs> yeah, which is fantastic because a lot of um, a lot of our yeah a lot of our listeners are also um, upcoming photographers as well, and they're always wanting to try and learn new tricks and tips about mm. starting. So it's great to hear like though you started with photography, but then it's evolved. Um, through that creativity into something else. And so after photography, you're earning some income. It was fantastic. What I did do, did you study graphic design or you just fell into that or, um, again, just your creative flair? I think it was just my creative flair. I always had friends asking me, oh, can you design me a birthday invitation or can you help me with some signage for an event? And then, you know, I just sort of thought, well, people keep asking me this. Maybe, you know, it's something I should look into and I really enjoyed doing it anyway. So I was like, why not just roll with it and see how it goes I was a stay-at-home mum so I really didn't have anything to lose like and it just sort of evolved from there and of course it's a fantastic role for being a stay-at-home mum because it's flexible and that you can do it when it was suitable for your for yourself and your lifestyle so you now have the best oh no I was just gonna say you can just fit it in wherever then you know you can work nights if you need to you can work you know days and stuff and so you now do heavy business at Rebecca J's design um so you do what kind of services do you provide uh graphic design um but mostly now I still do do logo design but mostly now it's using people's existing branding or helping them refine their existing branding and translate that into apparel promotional merchandise client gifts um just all sorts of things. Like I do like tote bags for events and little, you know, branded goodies for businesses to put in their little event bags and things like that. Just I source all sorts of products. Like I don't keep a lot of stock on hand and I always get some unique requests, Um, like things like branded air fresheners and that people can put their own fragrances to. Yeah, so (laughs) I get all sorts of interesting requests. So it keeps it interesting. Yeah, I saw the one last week about your husband's mobile phone cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I did. I started those back in March and then unfortunately my father passed away suddenly while he was on holidays and um, put, sort of put that on the back burner. I'm like, now we can finally roll back into launching that as well. Yeah, they look fantastic. So you did mention about now working with existing businesses that pretty much already have their brand but providing them uh, professional material. Uh, Obviously, from the athletes, it's really important to have professional material as well, not only for sponsors but also for engaging fans. Can you tell us a little bit more around, like, what professional materials actually are and I guess from your perspective, what kind of purpose do they play? Sorry, I missed the first part of the question. It cut out a little bit. Oh, I, <laughs> I guess when people have already got their establishing brand, what's yep. um, the importance of having promotional material? Like what does it take up to the next step? Obviously, from a, it's great for our sponsors, but also from a fan's perspective. I think it creates, um, once you've got your personal branding and you you decide that you want to develop some merch or something like that, or even having promotional material. I think, especially if you've got a fan base or support base and it adds another element to your marketing because 
one, it engages fans. So you're connecting with them on another level other than just them supporting you in what you're doing. But it also, um, you know, they're wearing your merch. They're also free walking advertising as well, you know. Yeah. People might, you know, people might, like I have my branding on the back of my car and someone asked me once, does that actually work? And I said, sometimes I've had people tell me, oh, I snapped a photo while I was sitting in traffic behind you and made a note to, you know, take down your details and contact you about X, Y, Z later on. So I think, you know, it it's just another element to your marketing as well. It creates an engaging and tangible connection to your fan or supporter base as well because then they've got some another way that they can connect with you and support you and... Yeah, it's always like, you know, especially if it's practical things like clothing and things people will actually use. It keeps your brand front of mind. Yeah. So number one, I love car signage. I am that person that would chase you around if I'm after that service, especially (laughs) because I live regional. So if I see like a tradie, I was like, oh, yes, I need you. (laughs) I've been guilty of it too. That it is a point of difference because a lot of athletes don't actually like yeah, like yeah. they don't put it. I think, like, for an athlete, they should put it on the back of their car, and people go, Oh, that's pretty cool. And I mean, not from a stalking point of view, but you know, if you stop to go to the shops or something, that they might engage with you and talk about your racing through the day. Uh, and you never know, they might come on as a sponsor, but definitely as a fan. Yeah, um, especially if they've got their own website as well, because that's how you get eyeballs to your website. That's how you can notify people of where you're going to be, um, you know, racing next or, you know, performing next yeah i'm i'm all big for having a website i'm like don't worry about social media just have your website obviously because you own that yeah. and then you can nurture the people list building and everything on that website as opposed to socials the other thing we just mentioned was like with merchandise i'm like there's only so many shirts a fan can wear um That's so you did, yeah so we did mention something quirky and some other um, things like phone covers and tote bags. But what other, like, working um, merch could people invest in? So we've done air fresheners for people's cars with QR codes on them that I they like can that. scan and go directly, like, for example, if you've got a podcast, so they can scan it while they're in the car, go directly to your latest podcast episode. Um, I've done puzzle mugs, travel mugs, stubby holders. Some people have even asked me to put their branding on underwear. <laughs> which is very niche and unique um but you know we don't judge here we're just like sure if it works for your (laughs) if it works for your audience we're happy to give it a go if i can print on it we'll give it a go i love it i love it and because again like i'm saying you need to be unique and and it needs to be true to your brand Uh, and we were just laughing obviously at the undies but tradies Trading, you know, the company does umbrellas, a lot. socks, yeah. all sorts of things. Yeah, and quite often we do like a, a monthly social media content plan or idea um, that we put out for the athletes. And that's one of the things is like ask your fans what kind of merch do they want. Um, yeah. But think outside the square of, you know, not just T-shirts, hats and beanies. What other cool things? Like, yeah, I love the idea of the socks, mm. um, the key rings, uh, but there's definitely lots of things. I'm a big fan of tattoos because I know like little kids yeah. like the tattoos. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's definitely lots of different things. Now, going back to the beginning, you talked about having an established brand. Do you have some pointers about starting off establishing a brand? Like, again, a lot of our listeners are just new to motorsports and starting to build themselves as a business owner. 
Um, so all these words about brand and having logos and websites sometimes can be a little bit foreign. But just going yeah. back to the basics of like, do you have some um, general pointers about coming up with color concepts or ideas around logos? So I think the most important thing when you're developing a brand is to ensure that you start with the right foundations because a lot of people start off when they're building a brand and they think it's only about the logo and the visual aspect of that. Um, so I think ensuring that you have the right foundations, so nailing down something that's really important to do before you even develop a logo, choose your colours, is nail down your customer avatar know who your customers are, who your audience is, who that you are trying to target with this branding, who is most likely to be attracted to it because that's going to help you develop the visual aspect of it. Like Canva and things like that can be great for starting to develop your visual aspects if you can't, don't have the budget for a graphic designer, but doing the work beforehand so you know what you're um, who you're targeting will help you nail down that visual aspect as well. So you know, for example, like certain colours have certain psychology to them. Like blue is a colour that, you know, means tr it, it, it sort of implies trustworthiness and stability and things like that. So choosing colours not necessarily that you like but colours that invoke the feeling or the type of message that you want to send is all, can also be important. And then incorporating that into, you know, if you have any clothing that you wear and you're getting your logo on things, you know, like my colours are navy blue and teal and white, so navy jumper, you know, and sort of just putting those colours in and, you know, using them. Yeah, I like the blue. I was like, going to laugh and I'm like, well, obviously people can't see Rebecca's jumper, but yeah. she actually does have a blue jumper <laughs> um, which is yeah and there's so much psychology about it but I kind of like lose the athletes when they come in and it's the first thing I said is like um, when it comes to logo design it's not just about oh you like pink or purple for example like there's yeah. reason behind those colors it also comes down to again what you said about targeting those fans and I guess the athletes they still have like they've got two avatars so one being the yeah. fans that they want to try and get them for and the other being their sponsors that they want to try yeah. and get them for so they have to make sure yeah. that their colours, not so much, they're not going to be able to resonate with every single sponsor, but definitely has no. to be professional. And, and the they need to be professional. And some things are like just industry specific, like there's colours that you may associate with an industry and then yeah. you can then add other colours into that to sort of make it more cohesive to your brand but also fit in with who you're trying to target and what sponsors might be looking for like have even having um once you do have your branding established even just having like the sponsors having a professional document that has your branding guidelines of how to use your logo what formats and sizes that you prefer it to be displayed in so they have a guide that that to the when you're look, looking at sponsors and they're looking at that, they're going to be like, this person is professional. They've really done their homework. They know who their customer is. They're going to be more likely to invest in you as a brand and as a person if you already have all the foundations nailed down because they already, you've done half their homework for them because a lot of the time yeah. sponsors will, if you don't give them any guidelines to run with, they can tend to just 
do whatever they think is best, which might not necessarily align with you or your brand or be in the best interests of you. Not that you're a business, but like, you know, your personal brand, it is your business. It is yeah. your livelihood. So, you know, you, if you have that nailed down already and you've got it to give to them, you know, they can be like, all right, well, this is great, but it doesn't align with us. It's not for us. And it sort of cuts out a lot of the faffing around, I suppose, when you're sort of engaging with sponsors in that aspect. Yeah, for sure. And like you previously mentioned that Canva is a great tool to start yeah. that process um, for those that are creative and they've got the yeah. patience and time to go around with those boards. But for someone who doesn't, is that a service that you provide? Developing yeah, definitely, definitely. So if I was engaging a graphic design client who was starting from scratch, no design knowledge, no idea of what they're, what they're doing, normally we start with a design brief. So I get them to fill out, it's like a detailed questionnaire, all about you, your brand, what you're planning to do, who you think your customer avatar is, what your general demographic age group is that are your supporters. And then we just sort of dive deeper into it from there. And once we've sort of nailed that down and we've done our homework, then once we have all that information, then you can start developing colour schemes, visual aspects, fonts, topography all of that sort of stuff just to ensure that you're starting off on the right foot and it's solid yeah and having all that information really helps also with your social media content creation yeah. because it's definitely it's easier then to, to plug that into Canva and have your colors or preset or even um, whatever kind of um, yeah. graphic design tool that you want to use Adobe that was yeah. the word I was trying to think of yeah. um, that you want yeah. to use if you're if you're that creative um, that once it's established, it's thin. And then, yes, it can change over a period of time. You might yep. want to change the shade of red or a shade of blue or anything else or go from a red yep. to a green. Um, at least you've got that basics there. So I always and if you have, that's one of the Yeah. Oh, I was just to say, if you have your brand foundation now down and your ideal customer avatar, when it comes to social media and things like that, then you've already got your basis for forming your content pillars for social media. You should already, if you've got your customer avatar now down and your brand foundations are solid, when you're moving into social media and incorporating it with your branding, then you've already got the basis to how you're going to form your content pillars and how you're going to be attracting your audience on social media once that groundwork branding is done because it's all interlinked yeah and it's also fantastic basis to build your website 100 <laughs> because obviously and your newsletter like media, you want you want to be you want your audience to be attracted. so you need to build what they're going to come to and what they're going to be attracted to and what is going to solve a problem for them or resonate with them or you know yeah, we talked about being professional and being, having this brand guide, as mm. Rebecca was saying, is it helps you with your social media, it helps you with the website, it helps you with the newsletter, and then it's going to help you with your merchandise and then also with your sponsorship proposal. Uh, it's going to be consistent. So then when somebody is looking to invest within you, that brand is going to be the same across all the board, that every time they have a point of contact with you, they're going to recognise the colours, the look, the feel. Um, and really excite themselves about who you are as an individual um, and then yeah, hopefully invest within you. But, it, again, it's helping you make yeah. look more professional and um, being consistent across all the different platforms that once you've got this one little piece of work done, um, it does take a little bit of time, but once you've developed that brand guide that you can recycle uh, and repurpose over and over. 
yep. back. And then it's going to be easier, as I said, then you can, uh, once you've got all that, you're going to start to attract, um, you know, the right customer or fans um, on your social media. And then the next step is then, hey, what kind of merchandise are you guys and girls interested in purchasing? And then you can start yep. earning some money through some of Rebecca's quirky um, things that she can locate for you. Um, and it's also handy, like if you are engaging with someone who produces merchandise, if you've got that brand guide there and you've got your customer avatar now down, then someone who does what I do can look at that and be like, all right, okay, well, here's some options I think you could survey your audience on and say, I think that they might like this, they might find it practical, it, it fits with your brand and we can go from there. Yeah, like we were saying before, umbrellas today and gumboots would be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially if you're and I'm like, no. like a muddy track or something in, That's you right. know, in winter. Correct. And, most, you know, we do have lots of lots of rain and, and the rally car drivers, the speedway drivers, um, they're always in the mud. So I actually like the idea of gumboots. I, mm. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> Um, so you've given some great tips about starting with your brand guide and getting started and as well as the merchandise. When it comes to branding, um, and we spoke about repurposing social media, is there anything else that's really important for an athlete to know as they're trying to build their personal brand? Um, I think just being, being consistent and um, – Whoever you do engage to help you with your branding, ensure that they provide you with the correct files. Because if you then go to get your logo printed on something, if you don't have the correct files, it's going to cost you more time and more money to have that person or engage someone else or go back to your designer to ensure you've got the correct file types. I find a lot of people who come to me, they've got an established brand, they've had, they've got a logo, they've done the foundational work, but they don't have a proper vector file logo so a lot of the times when you go to print they've just got a tiny little jpeg or a tiny little png file and it can't be scaled up and down it just becomes pixelated so ensure you have vector files for your branding from whoever you engage to help you with your um, brand work and if you do create something in canva you can download it as an svg it doesn't work for everything canva offers because not all of their icons and objects are all they're not all vector compatible so some of them are just png files or because a lot of people work with canva and they upload content to canva but not all of them are necessarily to spec but yeah. you can download a lot of their content as an svg the type of vector file so it's just something to be mindful of because there's so many people that end up having to spend more money after they've already spent a lot of money developing a brand to then have to get their file set up again for printing. Yeah, and a lot of those um, athletes need those type of files for their race suits. So when they get the race suits printed, um, yeah. they generally are requiring those things for their sticky kit done up. So yeah. that's something to keep in mind now. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, so with the uh, branding, um, oh, no, now we're freezing. Um, I think we've covered it all, do you think? 
Possibly, I think so. Something else to note as well when you're working with merchandise suppliers or engaging someone, ensure you find someone who's willing to do a sample for you before you commit to doing a big run. If you're planning on ordering something in bulk, always get a sample made up. Um, and if sorry, Becky, that one. Sorry, sorry, Becky. You just you just cut out. Oh, so it, sorry. It needs to come back on now. Right. So go back. Sorry. I was just another say, thing when ordering. Yeah, I was just going to say when you're engaging someone to do merch or promo stuff for you, ensure that you start with someone who is okay with giving you a sample up front, so you can see the quality. Quality, so you can test it out and make sure it's what you want before you commit to a big run. You'd be surprised how many companies out there don't actually provide a sample. Um, they just give you a digital mock-up and they're not willing to give you a sample. Um, it's always good to make sure you get a sample because you don't want to end up with a thousand of them and it's completely off from what you were wanting. Um, and if you're starting with a lower budget, it's good to find someone who doesn't have minimum orders. There are some people out there who, you know, you might have to order a minimum of 20 or a minimum of 50 upwards of 100 of certain products to make them cost effective. So I just lost you. It was like about the ordering. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, yeah, so I was just saying that um, even ensuring that they... Um, don't have minimums. If you're starting out and you yes. only want to order a small quantity, it's good to work with somebody who doesn't have minimums. You can always move to a supplier later on for the same product that does higher quantities at a lower cost, but starting out with someone who doesn't have minimums in the beginning and um, can do small print runs or one-off print runs can be handy, especially when you're just trialling merchandise and you're not sure how it's going to go. Because like, you could have a 1,000 people on social media say, yes, yes, we'll buy one, we'll buy one, and then you order 5,000 of it and you don't even sell one. So, and even doing pre-sales as well. So that sort of pre-sale for something before you release it when it's your first run can also be handy as... You know, then you don't have as many upfront costs in your pre-sale because then you're going to take the pre-orders from your customers first. So you know exactly how many you need to order and then you might order some extra for people who might say, oh, I missed out, I'd like one too. And again, is that a service that you provide? Like do you do one-offs? I do, yeah. Because everything's mostly printed in-house and I mostly source everything. Um, so, yeah, I don't do minimums. We do sample runs um, for most products. Was going on. As well. So, uh, obviously, it's a bit of a lengthy process uh, from going from nothing to developing your brand uh, to getting um, that brand guide, and then the next step, deciding on what promotional material, and then actually getting it developed. So, how much time frame, or how long does it take, I guess, to order promotional materials and get it delivered, or the final? masterpiece design it it really depends on what the product is and how easily available it is like some of the more obscure things can take a little bit of time to come in um but most things like most standard products like they're available here so it's easy to source and like depending on how many you're ordering um turnaround time can be anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks just depends on what you're ordering the quantity and 
how much setup and testing or samples we need to do before we commit to a full run. Are you there now? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm like, I've got full bars. I'm like, I don't know if it's me. If it hurts me or not. <laughs> Yeah, I think we just said that last line. It was got most of it until it was like, so leave or how long it was. Oh, so I said it can just be anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks. It just mm -hmm. depends on what you're ordering, how much you're ordering of it, and how many, if we need to do a sample run, if we need to do a couple of sample runs to tweak something, or, um, yeah, or if it's something really neat, you know, it might take a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, usually anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks. And it also depends on, you know, how ready your branding is to go to print as well. So, And your files. And if your files are right. And your files, yeah. <laughs> depending on, like, depending on who you engage to do it. Like, a lot of us, we just, we've developed a quick way of just converting people's files. But it, it really depends on the file too. Some of them don't convert well. <laughs> so sometimes you have to start yeah. again um, and recreate it. But usually it's not yeah, and it can be done yeah uh, and i just want to say like i utilize a lot of um emotional materials to be a point of difference when trying to engage with a sponsor so you know um obviously you want to try and get their attention so just not e emailing them trying to be a little bit more um, authentic i guess is word. um but yeah. you know being able to get something to show through my brand um, so that they can open up, like, where it could just be a box and it's full of, like, different goodies or I, I like the idea of a pair of socks. It could be mm. some kind of slogan, like, you know, I make you feel warm and fuzzy or something. But, like, with that yeah. kind of marketing slogan, um, that can show them because, obviously, at the end of the day, sponsorship is motorsport marketing. And yep. so it's about we want to showcase a sponsor how we can work with them to better improve their marketing issues. So I think that if you can show them your quirkiness or being, um, again, original um, with your, you know, contact with them, um, yeah. it's going to help that relationship um, nurture um, but also be a point of difference when they're like, oh, it's not just another sponsorship request. It's like, hey, this person really understands our brand and yeah. they can see how we can work together. So that's... 100%. You're making it more mutually beneficial and you're standing out from everybody else. So in your niche. Yeah, that's right. So, again, that's why I want to have you on today's episode, Rebecca, to share everything that you do. And thanks again for your time. Sorry about the brain and the internet. But <laughs> oh, thank you for having me on. Uh, and so if people want to get in contact with you, of course, I'll put the link to your website and Instagram account. Yeah. Um, but where can they find you? What's the best handle? Uh, Rebecca Jane Singh Design. I'm mostly hang out on Instagram, um, but I'm on Facebook as well. So same across the board. But before we go, <laughs> I wanted to talk about your fantastic award that you won last month, last week. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Tell us about that. That's been, it's a big achievement. Um, well, yeah, I uh, got the letter um, that I was a finalist, the email that I was a finalist back in April. And then um, I bought a ticket to the awards and I've been a finalist before before I rebranded. Um, 
And yeah, well, I almost didn't go um, to the awards night because my husband hurt his back the day before. So I was actually just going to skip it and stay home because um, he wasn't very well. And then um, I ended up going and I joked, actually joked with the mayor when I got up on stage and I said, oh, actually, um, I wasn't actually going to come tonight because my husband hurt his back at work. I said, I suppose it's lucky I turned up. Hey. <laughs> so. And tell us, like, what award did you win? Um, I won Most Outstanding Sole Operator for the Liverpool City Local Area Business Award. Yeah, fantastic. I'm so proud. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> it was a shock. I wasn't well, expecting like, to win. I suppose everybody says that, but I really I really wasn't expecting to win. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, like, your work's yeah. being noticed and lots of people voted or your fans have voted for you, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but again, thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom around branding. And guys, as you can hear, love Becca, and I highly recommend um, that you race over and check out her Instagram and her website, even get in contact, have a chat to see how she can help you with whether you're getting started with your branding or you're wanting to develop your branding a little bit more, or even if you're at the stage of getting some promotion on your tour, whether that be for your sponsor or for your fans that you can hand, hand out when you're at the truck next. Anyway, Beck, thanks very much for your time. Um, Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? MotivateTraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.